When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, Episode 175, Using Embarrassing Moments to Build Connection. Welcome to 3 and 30, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. With it being April Fool's Day this week in the United States, I decided that I wanted to do an episode that is a little lighter, something with some levity and laughter. And what better way to do that than laughing at the times that we've made fools of ourselves with an embarrassing mistake or mishap. Today on the podcast, I have the delight of interviewing Joanne Jarrett, a former family physician turned stay-at-home mom, podcast host, and clothing designer. Joanne says she designed her line of street legal pajamas so women can be comfy and confident at home or on a Ben and Jerry's run, even after we've had it with the bra for the day. Her podcast is called the Fancy Free Podcast, and each week she and her guests share their most embarrassing, funny stories so we all feel a little less alone in our imperfection. Her tagline for her show is, no one is as fancy as they look, and ain't that the truth? I'm so excited to introduce you to Joanne, who I know will make you feel so seen and uplifted through her joyful outlook on life. But before I do that, I want to tell you about a national holiday that is coming up this week. And no, I am not talking about April Fool's Day. I am talking about National 3 in 30 Day. (laughs) This is a completely made up holiday. I created it last year because March 30th is technically 330, get it? And so I decided that every year this community needs to celebrate. So will you join me in celebrating 3 and 30 Day by sharing a favorite episode of the podcast with a friend or on your social media channels? And most importantly, if you haven't already done this, could you take a couple of minutes to leave a rating and review for the podcast? I'll include a video tutorial on how to do that in the show notes if you aren't sure, but reviews truly are so helpful to help podcasts reach more listeners and appeal to more potential guests. Plus, I read every single one of the reviews and they mean the world to me. So thank you so much for taking the time to do that this week and make sure that you're on my email list for some other fun 3 and 30 day surprises this week. You can get signed up at 3 and 30 podcastcom slash takeaways, and I will of course include that link in the show notes. And now let's get into the show. Here's my conversation with Joanne Jarrett from the Fancy Free Podcast. Joanne, welcome to 3 and 30. Hi, Rachel. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I am so excited to talk to you today. I often have listeners who tell me that they want something that's kind of lighter, kind of funny. Sometimes in motherhood, things feel really heavy and we cover a lot of really pretty heavy and important topics on the show, which I think are, you know, I don't want to stray away from that. But every once in a while, we just need to laugh and we just need to connect that way. And I loved your episode idea about how we can use humor and embarrassing moments to 
connect with other women, when we get vulnerable with them, it can deepen our friendships. I'm so excited to learn about this topic from you. So what got you passionate about this topic? Yeah, well, it was a long time coming, Rachel. I have a plethora of embarrassing stories. And, you know, I, I, I grew up kind of as a teenager, super shy and kind of embarrassed to be alive. And I think my first introduction to this as kind of a good way to interact with people was when I was in MOPS. I can't remember if you have mentioned MOPS before, but Mothers of Preschoolers, it's an organization that I joined when my first daughter was a baby because I wanted to be with other mothers that had kids in the same stage. And it was a place where we went twice a month and it was a potluck and there was a speaker and you sat at the same table every other week for the whole year. And you really got to know these other ladies at your table. And right before I had my first daughter, I had been practicing family medicine. And then I, well, I, I didn't know it at the time, but I'm now on my 17th year of maternity leave. <laughs> I retired to raise my kids. And so I was also older than a lot of the moms and I had just, you know, practicing as a family physician. And I feel like these women wanted to tend to be intimidated or impressed or something. And I was like, oh, uh -uh. no, 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 please. <laughs> like, I'm here because mothering is hard and I need help. Like, yeah. help me. Yes. <laughs> so I started telling these kind of self-deprecating stories to sort of lower the bar and even the playing field. And I didn't do it manipulatively. I just kind of did it naturally. It felt right. And it was so much fun. And I connected with those women so deeply. And here we are like 15, 16 years later, and I have deep regard and a deep connection with a lot of those ladies. And so that was the first time I was like, hey, that actually really, not only did we laugh and have fun, but it wasn't just a superficial humor that we were enjoying. We were actually connecting and we were going deep, mm. but we were doing it vulnerably and we were laughing at ourselves together. Yeah. And I have found over and over again that when you open your heart and share something vulnerable with women, they feel so much more connected. You seem so much more human to them and it makes a huge difference in friendships. But this isn't easy for all women to do, to open up this way. And it is a lot easier for other personalities to do. So for those women who maybe it's not natural for them to share their embarrassing stories, what's your first takeaway of how they can get more comfortable with doing this? Well, takeaway number one is to embrace the importance of sharing your embarrassing stories with others. And I'll talk to you about why I think it's so important and why it worked for me. So Embracing the importance of sharing these embarrassing stories is so important because I think that these stories, when shared, lend a sense of connectedness and community and even humility. More and more, we are able to curate the image that we put out to the world, right? On social media and our personal interactions, we can maybe be a little more intentional with that. And so I think a lot of times the people who are watching us from the outside in get a really skewed impression of who they're dealing with. Mm. And so going through life and you're interacting with someone who basically only knows the curated version of you or the sparkly, gauzy version that you put out there, you're not doing that manipulatively necessarily. We'd like to put our best foot forward, right? Like if my life looks like a photo shoot on a given day, I'm going to put that out there. I like that. That's nice. But you have to make sure that you balance that with lowering the bar for each other. And I think we need to do it intentionally so that other women remember that there's more to you than what's on the surface. Yeah. So I had told you about being around a mops table. Many years later, I went to this Christmas party that my friend Karen threw. She is a friend collector. 
And she collected me up along with a bunch of other women. She has a once a year Christmas party where she brings all of her friends together. And then she says, when your number comes up, introduce yourself, say how you know me, and then tell your most embarrassing moment. I tell you what, I have never laughed so hard at a party. I got there, you know, a little bit uncomfortable because parties aren't my thing. And I left there feeling like I had 30 new close friends, even if I hadn't interacted with them one-on-one because I knew some of these embarrassing moments that had happened. Some of them I would never have imagined in my wildest dreams would have had some of this stuff happen. They seem so together. One gal that <laughs> went to Home Depot early one morning with her toddler and she was commando under her soccer shorts. She had to put her toddler down to pay and her toddler pulled her shorts all the way down to the floor. She had nothing under there. She had to bend all the way over bottom up in the air to get her shorts back up. And then she was like, okay, well, maybe nobody saw that. She looked right behind her and there was a Home Depot. <laughs> like, Ooh, right behind her. I'm sorry you had to see that. But yeah, that was years ago. And I have a connection and a fondness for that woman. And you know, if I saw her in the pickup line, maybe previous to that party, I'd maybe wave because we did have mutual friends and we knew it. After that, if I ran into her, it was like, oh, there she is. How are you? What's going on? And it just sort of was a fast forward towards an intimacy between us and a trust almost between us because I saw hers and she saw mine. I didn't see hers at Home Depot, but I did see, <laughs> I saw her underbelly. <laughs> yes. Okay. So not only did I feel super connected to those women after that party, which is a phenomenon that has lasted years, but it also makes me feel less alone when something embarrassing happens to me because I can always go back in my memory banks to those stories that those ladies told. So it was at a Christmas party. It was kind of early in December. Then I had many other Christmas parties to attend. And like I told you, parties aren't really my thing. I had the best party season because I was able to then share some of these stories. Of course, anonymously, I was not going to betray a trust or anything, but I was able to say, hey, I went to this party. It was so fun. We shared these embarrassing moments. And then party after party, whoever I was with, we were hooting with laughter and having so much fun. And every time I told some of these stories, it would trigger a memory in someone. Oh, that is so fun. I have never thought of this idea for an icebreaker. Like anybody listening could keep this in their back pocket. And next time they host a girl's night or some sort of a party, they could say, hey, let's all share an embarrassing story. But my thing is, is I feel like if somebody suddenly asked me to do this, I'm not sure I would even have one to share. Believe me, I've had plenty of embarrassing moments. But sometimes when you're put on the spot, you <laughs> might not be able to recall them immediately. So what do you do about that? How do you even like recall or bring up your embarrassing or vulnerable stories to share with others? Yeah, that's such a good point. And that actually happened to me at that party. Honestly, I didn't even share an embarrassing story. I racked my brain. I was like number 25 out of whatever. And I came up with a funny story that happened to me in, a, in an elevator with my mom and my cat in my carry-on luggage. But anyway, I won't tell that story. But um, that literally happened to me. So my second takeaway is keep a mental or actual list of stories from your life. This is a muscle we have to exercise and we can learn how to do this. So even though I saw the benefit of it at that party, I couldn't think of anything. Well, I am a wealth of embarrassing stories, but you're so right. This takes practice 
And especially for an introvert, it doesn't come naturally. We have to scratch our heads because our instinct is to repress these embarrassing moments, right? You stuff it, but you get over it as fast as you can. You move on. You try not to think about it. It's a defense mechanism. Mm -hmm. Like when I was interviewing my 24-year-old niece for one of my earliest podcast episodes, she was coming to visit and I said, oh, great. We'll do a podcast interview while you're here. And she's like, I don't know, Aunt Joanne. I can't think of anything. Well, then after listening to an episode or so of my show, she sat down one time and you guys, she came up with two pages of embarrassing stories. And she was like, I had no idea all these were hiding in the back of my head. So she was able to come up with a ton and we had a blast. The other thing is if you walk through life with the mindset that you're looking for these amusing stories, it makes life more fun. It helps you tolerate those moments in the moment. And then it's like, oh, goody, now I have a funny, crazy story to tell someone. It's a perspective change. So I literally think that once I started moving through life looking for these moments, I've been happier. It, when I get embarrassed, I just think, oh, how funny that was. Then I think, oh, my gosh, my sister is going to love this. Or, oh, my gosh, I'm going to tuck this away. And then you have those nuggets to give as gifts later. Yeah. So that kind of brings me into my third takeaway so the first one is embrace the importance of sharing your embarrassing stories. Then keep a mental or actual list of stories from your life. And then number three is to identify people or situations that would benefit from vulnerability and connection and share a not so fancy moment with them. And I have an example of how this works in real life. Hopefully soon I'll have more. I'm waiting patiently to tell someone a toilet paper tail story. I have a really funny one and I have to wait until I see somebody with a toilet paper tail and then I'm going to make them feel better about it right away. But, um, <laughs> okay. So years ago I was at a UPS store and I drive this silver SUV mom mobile thing, super generic looking. And I was coming out of the UPS store and it's this little tiny store. I parked right in front. I was the only car. So I came out, I started climbing into the car. I had half of my bottom cheek there getting ready to sit on the seat. And I realized there's a man there. <laughs> In, in my in my driver's seat my car. Oh, oh my gosh well it turned out it wasn't my car it was his car and I practically was sitting on his lap wow <laughs> so I was so embarrassed I was like oh, I'm so sorry I'm so sorry and then I was trying to convince him that I wasn't crazy I was like look right there see and I'm like trying to turn his head my car same make model color sitting right next and and then I just kind of fled the scene and got in my car and drove away and I was really embarrassed for a moment but soon I was amused and then after that, I was thinking, oh, yeah, that's going to be that's going to be entertaining. Somebody's going to like hearing about that. Well, fast forward a few years and I'm sitting in my car at an ice cream shop that has these outdoor tables. My daughter had just been in a play and I was sitting waiting for her while she hung out with the other castmates. And I heard the back door of my car open. So I turned my head to look back and it wasn't my daughter. It was this boy that I recognized from the play. And he looked up and I looked up and we made eye contact. And then he had this look of sheer horror on his face. I thought it was maybe out of proportion, but you know, when you're 16, you're embarrassed to be alive and everything is really emotional. So he got out of the car, shut the door and started scurrying off and being the mom, I leap out of the car. I'm like, no, 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 please don't be embarrassed about that. Listen to what happened to me at the UPS store. And then I was able to tell him how I can one up you because I almost sat on a man's lap in the front seat of his car. Mm -hmm. And by that time, some of his girlfriends were standing around and we were all just laughing. And Rachel, I could see the tension roll off of his shoulders. Mm. And we didn't make a huge deal of it. We just kind of laughed and then off they went. And I could tell he was kind of over it. And my daughter didn't know him at the time. And I actually didn't 
didn't tell her the story because I didn't think it was my story to tell that he had had this happen to him. But later they did get to know each other. And once he made the connection, he was like, oh my gosh, your mom is so nice. And she just made me feel so much better in the moment. She's so fun. And then I come to find out that he struggles with anxiety. Mm. And so that was a particularly hard situation for him to be in. And and I was able to diffuse it. So that's an example of how I had something in my back pocket that I could reach back and grab and wrap up and give as a gift. Yeah. And then there's a ripple effect of joy that comes from that because he now can tell that story. So also the other thing to remember when you're looking for these situations is don't allow yourself to feel superficial for seeing the humor in hard times. Some of my favorite memories with my sister and my mom came from when we were hanging around at the hospital during the two weeks that my grandma went from being healthy and vibrant to being gone. And it was a super, super stressful time. And there were a lot of really hard moments. There were a lot of tears. There was a lot of drama and trauma and struggle. But there was also a lot of laughter. And I tell you, my sister and I have this little dance that we do because one time at like midnight, we're exhausted. We've been at the hospital all day. We were both getting ready to head home to our little kids and the elevator would not come and it would not come. And I didn't know where the stairwell was. And we just were looking at each other like, you've got to be kidding me. This is the longest end to the longest day ever. And I don't even remember who started it. One of us started doing this funny little dance thing where we stick one foot out and then the other and kind of raise our elbows and our shoulders. That was over 10 years ago. My sister and I still have this dance. It's almost like a shorthand for, you've got to be kidding me, how crazy can the day get? And we even have the two dancing girls emoji. All we have to do is text each other that emoji and we know right away what's happening. So humor isn't just superficial and it isn't just a band-aid. It can be a way towards laughter through tears during really hard times. It's a tool to get through those and to kind of bond with the people that you're experiencing them with. Oh yeah. And I had this experience with my family when at the end of my mom's life, she had a morphine drip to manage her pain. And so she was a little loopy, you know, and she couldn't always like control her impulses. And she would like say things that she shouldn't say out loud. And, <laughs> and my family and I had so many good laughs over that. Like it was the hardest period of my whole life, yes. but, but we would you know, we'd laugh and even she would, she had such a good sense of humor and she would laugh at the mm -hmm. things that she would say too. Aww. And one of my favorite stories is towards the end of her life, we were all sitting in church together and the first speaker got up and said that she had forgotten that she'd been asked to give the little sermon. And so she just kind of stumbled around and was awkward and sat down. And then the next person got up and he was a young man that was leaving to go on a church mission. and he was talking to the kids and he was saying, don't use bad language. And I, he was trying to give them a little sermon. And he said, except for when I'm up to bat and I strike out, then sometimes I'll drop an occasional F-bomb. <laughs> and it was just so weird that he would <laughs> that he would say that over the pulpit. And my mom, who had no <laughs> filter anymore, in the whole church. <laughs> yeah. My mom, who had no filter anymore, said, what? This whole meeting is a strikeout. <laughs> And she said it super loud. <laughs> and everybody around us looked at us and that was perfect comedic timing. <laughs> my instinct was to be embarrassed that my mom had just said this, but then we all just started laughing. And luckily the boy who was speaking didn't hear it, you know, because she wouldn't have ever wanted to embarrass him. 
but we could all just laugh about sure. this ridiculous church meeting that we were in and that it was actually pretty endearing <laughs> that my mom had sort of lost her filter and would just kind of say what she wanted to say there at the end of her life. So you're so right that humor can bring us together in the hardest of times yes. and really build connections that are deep. Yeah. You probably say this whole meeting's a strikeout with your family and then it sort of takes you back or maybe you, you don't, but you probably do. Yes. Yes, we do for sure. And some of the other ridiculous things. One time my sister at that time had eaten a really big meal and she went up to my mom and she was this little tiny skinny thing, but she like pushed her stomach way far out, you know, to show my mom how much she had eaten. Mm -hmm. And my mom said, whoa, that is one fat belly. <laughs> <laughs> so now we always say that to each other when we've overeaten and we show each other our bellies and we say, whoa, that is one fat belly. Yes. So these fun moments, these funny moments have really tied and connected us together. Absolutely. I think it's so, so true. And I love that your three takeaways will give women the chance to sort of deliberately do this with the women in their life, that this can be a tool that they use of, okay, this moment is a little awkward or this moment is a little hard. What story could I tell? What could I share? How could we connect to build our relationship through vulnerability? Yes, absolutely. So I will challenge you guys the next time something embarrassing or unfortunate happens to you, consider what it might mean to someone who only sees the Photoshop version of you, hear what happened, and to be able to laugh with you or to say, hey, me too. And you never know how the people around you are doing. Our insides and our outsides don't match, and we know that. So mm. you just never know when that might be a gift that they needed, something to lighten the moment, or even a lifeline that you're throwing out that you had no idea that they needed. So get brave. Get your 30 seconds of brave on. Put a couple of these stories in your back pocket. Look for them in your future and wrap them up and give them as gifts. Mm. I love the, giving these stories as a gift. And I'm going to give some stories as a gift. I'll maybe share a few on Instagram or in my email newsletter this week. Perfect. And I hope that all of you will as well, because I sure have my stories to tell, and I'm sure all of you do as well. So Joanne, thank you so much for coming on and for sharing these takeaways with us. You are just a delight, and I know people are going to want to hear more of your stories. So tell us about your podcast and where we can find more of your work. Yes. Oh, thank you, Rachel. It has been so much fun to talk to you. You can find my podcast. At, it's called the Fancy Free Podcast at fancyfreepodcast.com. And Fancy Free is where we tell our most embarrassing, funny stories so that we all feel less alone in our imperfections and forge connection through vulnerability and humor. And then I also have a line of women's loungewear. And you can find that at shelfyshop.com. That's S-H-E-L-F-I-E-S-H-O-P-P-E.com. Don't forget the last P-E, not because I'm fancy, but because plain shop was already taken when I went to get my URL. <laughs> and use the code 3 in 30 to get 10% off of your first order. I would be absolutely honored if you would check us out there. I also blog at cozyclothesblog.com. That's where I chronicle the journey of a family physician becoming a loungewear designer and shop owner. And from those places, you can find me on all my socials. And I would absolutely love to hear from you, especially if you have a toilet paper tail story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. Then you can return the favor and share yours. Exactly. So yes, <laughs> reach out to Joanne, everybody. 
And we're just so grateful to have had you on 3 and 30 and to have your light and your humor and your laughter here. And we'll be in touch, I'm sure. Awesome. Thank you. Have a great day, Rachel. What a fun conversation that was. I hope you got some good laughs and that your brain is spinning right now with embarrassing stories from your own life. Write them down and consider sharing them with a friend when the moment's right. I absolutely love how Joanne refers to this as giving a gift to someone. I, I do believe that sharing a personal story or experience with someone is a gift, whether it's funny or serious. And I meant what I said in there about how I'm going to give some gifts to my newsletter this week, both some surprises in connection with 3 and 30 Day and a story or two of an embarrassing moment from my life that I hope will make you laugh. And I do have some doozies, let me tell you. You can sign up to get those emails at 3and30podcast.com slash takeaways. And don't forget to leave a review this week if you haven't already for the podcast. It will mean the world to me for National 3 and 30 Day. Okay, and to recap Joanne's takeaways, which you know I always like to do at the end of an episode, for anyone out there who is multitasking or who needs a refresher, first, embrace the importance of sharing your embarrassing stories with others. This type of vulnerability and openness doesn't come easily to everyone, but when you remember why it's so important, it might give you the courage you need to try. Remember that sharing our less than perfect moments helps people feel closer to us, it helps them feel less alone, and it brings laughter and connection to relationships. Second, keep a mental or actual list of embarrassing stories from your life. I started a note in my phone after recording this with Joanne, and she's right that the more you allow yourself to sort of revisit these awkward moments from the past, the more funny they become and the more stories you'll remember. Once you have that list, you will be more equipped to take action on the third takeaway, which is identify people or situations that would benefit from vulnerability and connection and share a not so fancy moment with them. This could be as an icebreaker or game at a party or girls' night, or it could be in a one-on-one -on -one conversation with someone who you can tell needs a laugh, or it could be when you see something embarrassing happen to someone and you know that they're feeling a little stupid. Put them at ease by sharing your own missteps and you will feel closer as a result. Are you feeling inspired? I am too. And I hope this episode will help you build deeper friendships with the people around you. It feels so good to laugh, and for a more contemplative person like me, it's so important to remember sometimes not to take myself or life too seriously. I am rooting for you, my friends. I am beyond grateful for this 3 and 30 community as I celebrate my own made-up holiday this week, and I hope that you have a fabulous week with your family. Hey, I'm Lizzie Mathis, the host of the Cool Mom Code podcast, where motherhood is your key card to the coolest spot in town. I'm excited to give you a behind the scenes, real talk combo between some of the most influential and tastemaker mamas I know. Subscribe and stay tuned for new episodes weekly on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen so you don't ever miss a beat. See you there.